As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30, the 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams gonna throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Barth. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. The Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It is Anthony Pagnata with you guys as always. And today, joined by a special guest from the ACC Network, Eric McLean. How's it going, man? Uh, I know you guys got uh, back on the air. You're doing the huddle show now again. uh, And uh, I I assume that you're extremely excited to get back, even though there's still a lot of uncertainty around college football and the direction that they're going. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's great to be back and, and just doing what we love, and, and we're so blessed to, to still be able to do that in some form or fashion. So uh, I think just like the rest of America, our, our fingers are crossed. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, when you when you look at it, everything that we've seen, you know, it's it's definitely a confusing situation because, well, frankly, not everybody's on the same page. And it's something that is unfortunate at this time. You know, you'd like to see everybody kind of, you know, all the Power Five conferences, all these uh, medical professionals get together and sort of figure out the direction that they want to go in. But, uh, you know, right now, the ACC has said that they are one of six uh, FBS conferences that are still kind of soldiering, soldiering or along trying to... Uh, you know, taking all the information they can before the season starts. When it's all said and done, I think the biggest question that a lot of people have right now is where do you stand on the chances that we see a season in the fall? You know, I think right now, based on the the information that we've been given from the ACC Medical Advisory Group, you know, I think we'll play. And of course, that could change at any day, any hour, it seems like, with how fast news is spreading. Uh, but ultimately, I believe it's up to the student athletes and the coaching staff, you know, to follow the, the protocols that they have put in place to stay as safe as possible uh, and to understand what truly is at stake uh, if, if you make a bad decision or, or find yourself in a bad place. 
and then really it's up to the, the students and, and the folks on campus. You know, I think in, in the, the students, the staff, and, and even surrounding areas in these campuses, you know, to continue to socially distance to the best that you can to wear a mask. Because uh, at the end of the day, we're all in this together, uh, and we all want sports to come back, especially college football. Yeah, I think, uh, you, you know, we've talked about it so much here on the show. Uh, you know, I think if it's safe enough, if these guys are willing to take the risk, then you got to let them at least go out there and play the game that they love. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter ultimately what we think. It comes down uh, to what those guys are willing to do uh, because they're the ones that ultimately have to put their lives on the line to go out and play this game. But, uh, you know, look, let's assume that there is going to be a season in the fall uh, you know, the Tar Heels' new schedule, of course, came out with everybody else's a couple of weeks ago, and it's one that looks pretty manageable. Uh, you know, when you look at the draw that the Tar Heels have for the fall, you know, what what do you think about it? Do you think that it stacks up well for Mac Brown and his team to have success in his second year back in Chapel Hill? Yeah, I think no doubt. I think when you first look at UNC's schedule, what, what caught my eye, especially at first, was that the Tigers avoid, or excuse me, the Tar Heels avoid uh, the Clemson Tigers and the Louisville Cardinals. You know, I think two high-powered offenses uh, that, that they seemingly do not have to play until maybe postseason. Uh, but really, the most interesting part to me is that the end of the season, when you look at the last two games on the schedule, you know, facing Notre Dame at home and then going to travel. Uh, to Miami to end the season, that could potentially be back-to-back play-in games for the ACC championship. You know, I think those are really, you know, the three, four teams that people might have circled on the Tar Heels being right in that mix. So you look especially uh, that game at Notre Dame, or excuse me, at home versus Notre Dame, and just how important that game can end up being. Well, yeah, when you talk about that game with Notre Dame, I think, you know, with them coming into the ACC for this season, everybody probably looks at them as the biggest challenge to the Tar Heels uh, in terms of the teams that, uh, you know, could potentially be that second team in the ACC championship game because I mean even though we you know we've seen some things happen for Clemson we wonder you know if there will be some guys that will end up leaving if they ultimately end up moving the season to the spring even if it gets moved to the spring it still feels like Clemson's probably locked in do you think that Notre Dame is that biggest threat and as of right now if you know that if you had to predict that game right now do you think that Carolina or Notre Dame holds the edge to be the team that faces Clemson in the ACC title? You know, I think that there are going to be some surprising teams this year in the ACC. I think it might be a little bit more open uh, at number two, three, and four than, than people might think, and it's going to be interesting who steps up to, to fill those voids, to fill those shoes. Is it going to be, you know, North Carolina? Is it going to be Notre Dame uh, or a Louisville or maybe a Miami? Um, so when you look at that, I think that's safe to say, you know, UNC's been sort of the favorite uh, to win the Coastal now that that does not exist to, to finish in second behind Clemson. Now along comes Notre Dame, and, and I think that is your biggest perceived threat on paper. So the, the fact that you have to play them is good. The fact that you have to play them at the end of the season is even better. Uh, you know, So I think it stacks up well for the Tar Heels. And I'm, I'm very excited and very optimistic about this team and, and especially the offense that you have coming back. I just think it's, it's going to be too much firepower uh, and maybe even overwhelm Notre Dame. So I think you should like the Tar Heels' chances in that battle. 
Well, one of the reasons that many people will like the Tar Heels in that battle is because of Sam Howell, who, of course, enters off of an, an amazing record-setting freshman season and kind of enters as a Heisman sleeper. How do you like his chances for him to potentially become the Tar Heels' first Heisman winner, especially with some of the big names taken out of the running and with the Big Ten and Pac-12 saying they're not going to play in the fall? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you brought that up because I referenced Sam Powell as a Heisman hopeful. We did a show on TV a couple of days ago and, and really just think when you look back at what he was able to accomplish in his uh, freshman season there, 61% pass completion, over 3,500 yards, 38 passing touchdowns. If he could just build on that at all, uh, I mean, he's got to get the people's attention. You know, what he was able to do in that offense as a true freshman was absolutely remarkable now with the expectations that we have in his development, his progression in his game. Uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit. So maybe, you know, not necessarily the Heisman winner this season. I just think, you know, still with Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence, they're, they're going to be, be big time putting their names in the hat. But, you know, the year after and looking at his junior year and if he decides to stay for a senior year, you know, there's no doubt he should be in contention. Well, he's got a lot of help around him. You talk about the running back unit with Michael Carter, Javante Williams, who had huge, huge years a year ago, both topping over uh, 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Two wide receivers that reached the 1,000-yard mark. You know, if you had to pick one of those units to sort of match or maybe even improve on those numbers from a year ago, which of those two units do you think ultimately uh, would be able to do that this year? Yeah, it's a tough choice, right? Like mm -hmm. you said, Javante Williams, a, a fantastic back, uh, you know, right under the 1,000-yard mark there. And then same with Michael Carter, who just seemingly went over it. Uh, two great running backs that, that can really do a lot in the game. Uh, it seems that Michael Carter is involved with a little bit different uh, than Javante. But then when you look at the numbers, uh, very similar in, in terms of carries and, and passes caught. So these guys are identical. They love to play football. They, they get very creative with how they use them. With that being said, I think the UNC has a trio of wide receivers that you can stack up against anybody in the country. When you see Daz Newsome, Deami Brown, and Bo Corrales, I mean, those guys were absolutely electric last year. Uh, Deami obviously leading the way in yards uh, and, and yards per catch. I mean, it seemed like he was taking the top off of defenses every other play. Now you have another year with this quarterback and, and the experience all around. You know, guys growing up, two seniors and a junior. Uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit for them. So if you're a UNC fan, you know, I think you have very high expectations for them. It's hard to imagine doing better than what they did a year ago, uh, but, but I think that's what we're going to see. Well, let's talk about your guys on that offensive line. The Tar Heels are looking for a new leader on the offensive line with uh, Charlie Heck stepping away, uh, going to the NFL uh, after a phenomenal career. You know, when you look at that unit from last year, I think there were a couple of guys that really had under-the-radar years for the Tar Heels that maybe they should feel really encouraged about. Who do you think becomes that next big name on the Tar Heel offensive line? Yeah, and it's going to be tough, right? Replacing a guy like Charlie Heck, who was so invested in the program, such a great leader, yep. uh, and had a lot of experience there at left tackle. I think the Tar Heels have a couple of choices here. You know, I think if you decide to swing Jordan Tucker over, you know, he's going into his junior year, a massive prospect at, at six, six and a half, six, seven, you know, 330, 335 pounds. He's a big time athlete. A guy can move well. Uh, he's got great hand placement, and, and again, his length, he plays to that. So, you know, whether they decide to swing him over to left tackle 
uh, or keep him at right is going to be interesting to see. But that's who I expect to to really step up and, and to be the leader, to be the voice and kind of the face of that offensive line. And then as, as another option, again, a guy who can play a multitude of, of positions is, uh, you know, Joshua uh, Izidu. And to see what he's going to be able to do, whether it's at tackle, whether it's at guard, six foot four, 325 pounds. Uh, you know, he started the last five games of the season at left guard, but he played in all 13. And in that time, he only gave up one sack. So very impressive campaign to build upon. He's a smart player. Uh, really a guy, when you can play that many positions, uh, it just speaks to your intelligence and, and again, your skill set to be able to do that. So between those two, you know, I think they're going to find a left tackle. And then where Josh Joshua ends up, whether it's at tackle or guard, mm-hmm. you know, those two are going to be very special together. Yeah, well, I know the Tar Heels really encouraged about uh, Sim Richards uh, at left tackle. I know they've been playing him there a lot. I think they're going to do everything they can to try to keep Jordan Tucker at right tackle because they just feel like he's a really good fit there. And they'd like to have a Zudu at left guard where he really was just a monster the last five games of the season a year ago. The other guy that I really like on the offensive line, and I'd like to hear your opinion of him as well, I thought Marcus McKeithen was fantastic last year. I think, you know, he got sort of thrust into that job um you know last offseason there was some uncertainty there for a while about whether or not he would be the starter but once he came in and took over from the first snap of the season I thought he looked very consistent and very good and I think he's a guy that the Toriels really like in their run game have you uh, been able to look at Marcus's game and are you encouraged by what you've seen from him yeah and that, that's what you expect right when you get the opportunity to play and, and you're able to get in there uh, and to really just just create, uh, you know, that opportunity for yourself, it, it, it's exciting. And again, when you can have that collaboration from a unit, get that consistency brought up, that's what you got to be the most excited about. So I think you're absolutely right. The run game is the strength. Uh, developing that pass, as UNC, as you know, uh, loves to loves to throw that rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just going to be the key to his next step. But but it's going to be fun to watch all those guys come together. Well, let's head over to the defensive side of the ball really quickly before we get you out of here. You know, the Tar Heels took a major step forward last year under Mac Brown. Uh, you know, had a great run defense for the first time in a while, a run defense that allowed 150 yards or less for the first time since 2012. And there's a lot to be encouraged about when it comes to this defense in 2020, mainly the defensive backfield. How do you think the Tar Heels can sort of take that next step forward this season on the defensive side of the ball and become a unit that this team can rely on to help them win games? Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there when, when you're talking about the strength of the team for this coming season being that back seven. Uh, but really, I want to just address the, the biggest question mark at first, and that's going to be the defensive line. You know, losing Aaron Crawford, losing Jason Strobridge to the NFL, there's going to be some big shoes to fill on that defensive line. And, and you look at some early candidates with, with Gill and Taylor and even maybe some younger guys, some, some freshmen coming in, stepping up, ready to play. Uh, they're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to figure it out early. You know, the, the back seven, like I said, is going to be able to, to be the strength. Uh, but if you can't establish a line of scrimmage, you know, it's going to be a long day for, for your defense, and especially when offensive linemen are able to climb easier and, and get their hands on those linebackers. Those guys love just big bodies that can take up space and, and let them make all the plays. Uh, but, but I think it all starts and, and really finishes with Shaz Surratt. You know, he is such a dynamic player. We were absolutely blown away by, number one, his decision to make the move from, from quarterback to linebacker a year ago, and then to find out that he's actually a very – 
stellar athlete and, and a heck of a linebacker. I mean, to see his progression and, and really even evolution throughout his first season into the player he was at the end of the season what was remarkable. I can only, you know, fathom and, and think about what he's going to be in this year, too. I think he's, he's honestly one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in the country. So it's going to be fun to see what they do with him. Uh, and then a defensive backfield that consists of, just to name a few, Storm Duck, Kyler McMichael, transfer from Clemson, and then incoming freshman who I think is going to play right away, and Tony Grimes. I mean, these guys are going to be electric. They're going to be much improved. Uh, and again, I think going to be the strength of this UNC defense moving forward. Yeah, it's the first time in a while that we have really been this encouraged about a Tar Heel defense, and uh, we definitely do not want to go back and listen to some of our old podcast episodes, and for you guys, probably some of the stuff you were talking about last year before that South Carolina game where we were saying to ourselves, we have to see a former uh, former quarterback who has moved to linebacker starting in his first game at the position. Now, as you mentioned, just a phenomenal player. Uh, he's one of the guys that everybody's looking at going into this season at linebacker and could end up being a first-round draft pick by the end of the day. So, you know what? What do we know, Eric? We have no idea when it comes to a lot of these guys. We're all just guessing, but this is what we love to do. Hey, man, thanks for stopping by with us. You're one of the best uh, to follow uh, when it comes to ACC football and social media. I absolutely love the coverage that you have a uh, former Clemson Tiger player but you do a great job covering everybody in the ACC um, and uh, thanks for taking some time with us and uh, talking some Tar Heel football yeah absolutely it was a pleasure to be on man great talking with you and, and excited to, to keep this season rolling I think all Tar Heel fans should be very excited for what they're going to see out on that field that's what we're saying we're hoping this season happens because this actually is the best we've felt about a team probably since the Butch Davis era it has to happen so we can see this team on the field but all right Eric take care man uh, we'll talk to you down the line and best of luck with everything going forward hopefully we'll take that field on September 12th absolutely brother thank you for having me all right All right, so that is Eric McLean of the ACC Network. He does a fantastic job there, all those guys uh, over uh, on the Huddle Show. That's a fantastic show if you guys want to go and check that out, uh, as well as uh, his follow on uh, social media is great, so make sure you guys go and follow him. Um, Of course, we're going to have you covered everything that's going on with COVID-19 around the ACC, around the Tar Heel football program. We have you covered on HeelToughBlog.com. There's some stuff up there uh, from Mac Brown's most recent press conference if you guys want to look at that. Uh, We also have an article up there about what's become arguably the most interesting position battle in Tar Heel camp between Brian Anderson and Ty Murray at center. That's become a really good one, so you guys can read about that. Uh, As well as if you want to go back, we have our breakout players for the 2020 season. That's one of those articles that uh, will pretty much be fresh up until the start of the season. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Both me and Josh Marlowe uh, gave our top guy Uh, five breakout candidates for uh, this season. Last season worked out relatively well for us. We both had De'Ami Brown and Jeremiah Gimmel breaking out. Uh, We also had some guys last year that didn't quite break out the way we thought, so we'll see uh, if it'll go the same way again this year. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Uh, As for the podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on wherever uh, you listen to your podcast uh, in your feed. Uh, 
you have uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Those are the main spots because if you rate and review the podcast, it moves it up the rankings so that people that haven't found the podcast yet can find it. Subscribing to the podcast, just make sure that you're subscribed to all the great episodes that we're going to have coming up. Again, we're still trying to get some clarification from the ACC on exactly what they're going to do before we start going really in-depth on the preseason stuff, but it's rolling around. We're under a month until the start of the season, which is scheduled to start on September 12th at home against Syracuse. So uh, as we get closer and closer, we're going to have to start go ahead and start going ahead and previewing uh, everything that's going to happen this year, and we'll have that all here for you on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. So once again, want to thank Eric McLean for stopping by. want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels!